Split Tube Media and a Synesthesia Podcast present a special daily October podcast. Hell, 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 hell. to the king, king, king. Jason, have you read Stephen King's books? Read Stephen King's books, 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 King movie, a Stephen King movie. King movie, a Stephen King movie. King movie, a Stephen King movie. I have done my best. To scare the shit out of you guys. Uh, you can just start talking about it. I can just. I, for most of these, I don't even care if we have an intro recorded as part of the show because I can just make an all-purpose intro and then we can just fade in mid-conversation. I suppose that's true. <laughs> um, because who cares? Because. Who cares? And also, I kind of find that charming. Yeah. It's like, yes, the conversation's been going on. It's been going on forever. You're just joining us for a moment. Come in. Yeah. Come in. Sit by the fire. You look cold. It's been raining outside. Come <laughs> here. Let us cover you in a blanket and tell you a story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hell to the king. Here we are. Another day. Another dollar. Uh, are you getting whatever paid, the Jason? Fuck. I don't know. I'm not getting paid for this. Uh... Welcome back to Hell to the King. Today, we're talking about Cujo. Cujo. Jim. Hi. What do you have to tell me about Cujo? Who greenlit this? Also... (laughs) Also, you're under bomb. We're we're off in the wilderness now. It's true. We're gone. Three days ago, I was coming from the every one of these movies is genius (laughs) camp. (laughs) Um... And we're, th- we're f- what, four movies in, and I'm obviously wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, Cujo, for anybody... But, okay, so here's actually the thing that I like about Cujo. I was about to say for anybody who doesn't know, there's yeah. nobody who doesn't know. Everybody knows. Everybody we all knows know Cujo. what a Cujo is. Yeah. Not Which only I that, is- if you know what a Cujo is, you already have the whole movie done. Yeah, well, no, but but I I just I admire before we go, you know, yeah. to where we're going. I just want to give King props, yes. not necessarily sure. the movie. I don't know if the movie had as much to do with this as the book. Um, although I guess probably more people still saw the movie than read the book, even though the yeah. movie was a huge bestseller. Um, but like, it's not very often that you get to create a horror icon. That's true. You know, like yeah. Bram Stoker created. Dracula, and now yeah. there's all these Draculas. Like it's a yeah. Dracula. Um, yes, and you, the, those having those names where you can just say it because all Cujo is is a dog. Yeah, it's just a dog. It's a dog, dog with rabies with, with literal not like rabies. Some crazy supernatural thing. But if you nope. say Cujo, we all everybody know. knows what you mean. Yeah, like it's become you could be a like, monster. Oh, there's a movie coming out. It's about a Cujo rabbit. People would be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just, I admire 
It's a mountain lion Cujo. I have to oh, give right. it my, a nod towards the impact it's at least had on our collective psyche. This movie's coming out. It's a bunch of but it's a bunch of Cujo snails. It's just a whole <laughs> flock of Cujo snails. Uh, I know what that movie is. Uh, yeah. So so just just getting that out of the way. Uh, I mean, it now also, we go back to. I'm curious if he was Cujo a name before he used it. Was it you know what I, I like have Kodak? No idea, but even part if it of the was, brilliance of Kodak now. is that they just made up a word, right? Uh, and now, and now that's what that word means. Um, sure. Yeah. But like, you know, like Freddy Krueger, that's just a guy's name. Like there were, were probably dudes named that before, but oh, now yeah. it's kind of like, I mean, now I, we all know. I um, grew up in elementary school having to deal with the fact that Jason was the name of oh, the sure. 13th killer. Yeah. But like and they, but they did that like that's Jason. And it but Ooh, it didn't Jason. last as long. No, like, cuz there's a lot of Jasons. The first things people think about. But yeah. there's not a I lot of Cujos. You. And Cujo oh. is still Cujo and Cujo's yeah. going to be Cujo forever. Forever. There's only one Cujo. Yeah. Good for them. Um that said, <laughs> we See, are this a is you king movies in. Yeah. Like we've we've had chronologically uh, yesterday we talked about the whole like creep show saga, um, but only one of those had actually come out by now. Okay, um, just the so first there one. Is the, there's Carrie. There's Salem's Lot. There's Shining. There's Creep Show, which is like the little thing he did with Romero. And so this is, I feel like, the beginning of the like the what you think of as the Stephen King. Hollywood, like, melting pot, the filmography. Like, this is kicking it off. Do you think that you think of it as the beginning because all the previous ones are good? And you... You think that Hollywood Stephen King is bad, so I, you think of the first real big miss as the beginning of it? Part of it, <laughs> um, but I, I'll, I'll include things that I like in it, like The Dead Zone and Christine, oh, okay. uh, right. which are coming up on later episodes. And the, Those are movies, I mean, I haven't rewatched them yet, but I have very fond memories of them. Sure, I think yeah. they're good. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, yes, those are movies by legit dudes, Cronenberg mm-hmm. and Carpenter, respectively. But this is the beginning of, it feels like to me, of mm-hmm. Hollywood just... Just piling starting on. Starting to make King movies. And right. whoever's around gets to make a King movie. <laughs> yeah. Because we need to make these King movies. So, like... Sure. You know, the first one you have, you know, you you have De Palma, you have this book, it's a bestseller, but nobody really knows how it's going to do or what a Stephen King movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then you have like Salem's Lot. It's a TV movie. It's kind of a different animal. The Shining's Kubrick. That's and we've said Kubrick's just on this alien planet. It's doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Creepshow is you know King and Romero doing their own low budget, interesting thing. So there, there's this uh, not just that the things are good, but there there's this element of of uh, individuality to them, or like they're scrappy in some way, like they're coming up or they're coming out of different people's interests or passions or, or something like that. And this mm-hmm. is the first one where it feels like this is a product. Yeah, that's And fair. we're going to get somebody to make this product. Right. They're like, we have this in waiting. Let's grab Louis Teague. Uh, yeah. A man who, what came up through Corman and then went on to direct exclusively forgettable movies. Uh, let's get I, him to do it. As, as evidenced by, I don't even know what else he's directed. I looked them up the other day, and I can't remember any of them because they're all forgettable movies. I think he's. I think we're returning to him at some point in this. I, yeah, that he's seems done correct. Another, another oh, great. King we can movie. talk about him again when that happens. But we'll we'll add, I, add, I and we'll be like, didn't he direct success. something else? This is it. Was what? 
I think Cujo was a success. I, I'll have to look it up, but I, I okay. think that it did well enough that... I mean, I heard about it in... Well, I guess not when it came out, because I was a baby, but it, it's a film I was aware of growing up. Oh, sure. But I think it also was... I don't think it was a runaway smash, but I think it was enough of a success to be one of those movies that then, when we were kids, played on TV all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and so it was back when, when TV needed content there wasn't five million reality shows on they mm-hmm. just put movies on over and over and over um i feel like cujo was always somewhere lurking yeah that makes sense it's it's uh, like it's you know i'm gonna put scary in quotes but like never too gnarly for tv so that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. yeah there's like a couple of a couple of shots you might need to trim sure um uh i will say uh well i let's maybe first start I don't, I'm not sure where to start. There, here's the thing. There are actually things about this movie I kind of like. Like trying to guess when the dog is a dog and when it's a man in a suit and when it's mechanical? <laughs> yes. That is one of the things I like. Um, when it's one dog and when it's another dog, because I think there's yeah. a few different kinds yeah, when of it's, dogs. Yeah, when it's a not St. Bernard wearing a St. Bernard costume. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here, here's Wikipedia. Cujo was played by four St. Bernards, several, <laughs> me- several mechanical dogs, yeah, and yeah. a black Labrador Great Dane yeah, in a St. Bernard costume. There you go. In some shots, stuntman Gary Morgan played Cujo okay. whilst wearing a large dog costume. I was going to say, it was definitely a dude. Well, somebody's fancy. <laughs> you should see who edited that and call them out. Can you just look at yeah. that on Wikipedia? Uh, I have no idea. I don't know how to do that. Hey, hey Tumblr fan769, calm, calm down with the whilsts. Um, oh, that's interesting. The the director and uh, DP Jan Dupont. Well, no the oh. the original director and original DP were both replaced two days into filming. Oh, um, oh, Be- so because they lacked vision. Why? I don't know. That's I did think when the movie started, I w- I did have a moment where I was like, "Oh, this looks a lot prettier than I expected this movie to." It is pretty well shot. Um, like it just like the the shots in the field of Cujo running around, it just kind of yeah. perked up. And it's like it's you know, nice. it's, not, it's nothing that interesting, but it's like oh wow, that really kind of looks pretty. And then John DeBont's name came up as the DP. I was like, oh yeah. okay, yeah, you're the guy that makes sense. Yeah, he's you know notable. Um, I mean, when I think of him, I think of Twister primarily, but as a DP, his work is you know good. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, but yeah, so so I I enjoyed. Uh, some of the things, you know, like that, uh, with, with, <laughs> with the multiple dogs. Um, I actually think, okay, I'll just put out my, my thesis on this movie. Put it I out. actually think that if somebody had shot this script with better actors <laughs> and a better director of actors. Sure. This would have been a really good movie. I actually think the script is totally solid. I have d- disagreements with you. Okay. I so okay. Imagine Jason, have you seen uh, the Hitchcock film The Birds? I have. Yeah, it's a movie about uh, some people and there's birds, just giant swarms of birds, right? Huge, giant flocks of birds. And what's scary is that there's thousands and thousands of them just coming at them. One bird, not frightening at all, but there's thousands and thousands slamming into the windows and coming for them and they don't know why. Uh, And how can they deal with this whole cloud of birds? Now, imagine imagine that movie, Jason, but with one bird. (laughs) 
one kind of big bird. That's what this movie is. Who cares? Are you asking me to imagine a movie in which Big Bird from Sesame Street tries to kill Tippi Hedren? Because that sounds great. Yeah, sure. But you're imagining a bird with agency, Jason. (laughs) You're imagining specifically an imaginative giant child bird. (laughs) Um, No, I kind of like how small the horror is. Like, this is, I was talking about this a couple days ago where it's, it it gets a little bit of that Stephen King thing. And I agree, it's not well done. Like, I, I think the, I think the execution is not there. Um, but it's set up to do that Stephen King thing that I like, which is basically you're watching a domestic drama you're watching this movie about these people. Mm-hmm. And if the filmmakers were doing their jobs, you would really care about these people or you would be interested in them. They, they would affect you in some way. And then, you know, they end up trapped in this, yes, small situation, but it's the people that you care about and they're trapped there. I could see. Okay. All right. So see, that's sort of what I mean in terms of, and, and, and yeah, I'm sure there's things about the script that would need to be changed too, but just the general structure of it and which comes from the novel and some of the choices they made in how to adapt it writing wise i feel like could have worked but oh my god the there's no no energy or chemistry or anything coming for even d wallace who i like there's just and and that's why i say i'm I'm sure part of this has to be the director because d wallace can be really good of course um but and she gets kind of crazy yeah, no, she she has some scenes where she can pull she kind of pulls something off, but but it's clearly the film she's isn't fighting the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, none of that um, is from the director. Yeah, it's just like everybody's like acting through plastic. I I will say that part of my issue with it was why why were any of those dudes there? You know, I like didn't the thing with her husband I didn't care about. Uh, he's not a character. The thing with her cheating with another guy, I didn't care about. That guy's not a character. I felt like it could have started with a woman and a child getting trapped in a car by a dog and ended with them not being trapped in a car by a dog anymore. I, it, I felt like there was these bookends that felt completely unnecessary to me. And maybe you're right that if they were done better, <laughs> they would have felt poignant in any way at all and felt justified. But for me, I was like, this movie could be way tighter. It could start with people getting trapped in a car by a dog. Oh, totally. And I think that would probably be the more, for want of a better term, like cinematic approach to it, or at least yeah. the, it would, it would be the, the approach more in tune with, I don't know, like contemporary, uh, taste and, and well, aesthetics of like, I, I feel like that would be something that film nerds right now would get really excited about. It's like, Oh, if you see this movie, it just, it starts just pulling up this right farm in. and then it's 80 minutes of this dog and it's a yeah. fight and then it's over. Right. And like, that would be well, really intense. The idea that there were two humans in a car feels like enough stakes without me having to know some like weird muddled facts about her marriage. You know, yeah. that doesn't yeah, make yeah, her more yeah. human to me. That doesn't, make it more poignant that she's stuck. You know, it's like, it's about this woman and her kid who's slowly becoming dehydrated. Um, and that for me, I think could be a strong movie. And I think for me, the big, the big issue within that movie also, this didn't work on any level for me, Jason, uh, within (laughs) that very movie, they're, they, so they pull up, it's a woman and a child and they're stuck in a car, uh, because there's a, a literally rabid dog. Um, it's not even any kind of like weird, uh, hyper real rabies. It's just normal rabies. Um, 
according to people in the movie. So it's just a, it's a random not, dog. Not, and this, I would say not according to the way the film is shot. No, it seems like weird <laughs> and, extra rabies. Yeah. <laughs> but a dude definitely tells you that it's rabies. Yeah. Um, but she, so they roll into this, into this driveway and they get trapped by a dog and day one she looks out on the ground and sees a baseball bat and she's like ah that's my escape and then she waits two more days (laughs) to to make her escape and her escape is just to get out and run to that baseball bat and hit the dog with it and i she should have done that at least a day before like maybe it takes her a day to get the courage up but why does she have to wait until her children is her child is literally half dead or maybe wait an hour and a half and within that time jason presumably that dog goes to sleep at some point or finds food at some point and explicitly it murders a dude in a barn it leaves (laughs) to murder a man in a barn and she just sits in her car and waits for it to come back (laughs) well i would i would argue um, on one hand, the film posits the dog is this sort of omnipresent force once you're on that farm. Like, anytime she even thinks about getting out, the dog's there. The dog's looking. And I do yeah. think there's something stupidly charming <laughs> about, not necessarily the film. Um, mm-hmm. The film, I think, doesn't do this very well at all. Or they do it in this kind of... They do it... The the one time they do it a little bit well is when the boy is looking for Cujo in the woods. Mm-hmm. They kind of they light it like a haunted house woods type thing, <laughs> yes. and it's like, you know, I, I I I appreciated that. I feel like I remember this is one of the one of the kings I've actually read. Oh, okay. Um, and I feel like I remember that sort of sensation being in the book, and maybe it was just because you know you're reading a Stephen King book, so you're thinking sure. supernatural, you're thinking horror. But I don't. Know, it was another. There, there's a lot of things like from the dog's point of view in the oh, book. Interesting. Of like That's weird. the dog thinking and feeling and and like trying to figure out what's going on okay. um, but also just the fact like i just think it's also charming the fact that it's in a bat a little bat cave thing that yeah. gets bit. Like, <laughs> yeah it's almost like he got bit by by this you know symbol of horror movies i don't know yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but i regardless of all of that the movie is very bad uh and it's, yeah. it, it's really poorly executed throughout the whole thing yes I feel like there's a lot of uh, spaces where the movie could be really good, um, and and spaces where I was surprised that it was trying to be good in the way that it was trying to be. I think that's maybe what attracted me, where I was like, oh, I thought they were going to go right into just, like, this dog's ripping people's throats out. Sure. Instead, they, like, tried to do the whole family saga an emotional thing they did it terribly but they tried and right. i appreciated that that's very uh, kind of you <laughs> um but no it's it's uh anyway i'm just gonna repeat myself at this point yeah i i would say overall it is a boring film yes that's I my agree review with that if i had not been doing something else while it was on i would not have made it through yeah um there was something i wanted to say was it the the one truly delightful thing about the film is how slimy the dog gets. <laughs> I did enjoy that. Every time they cut back to the dog, he's slimier. Um, I did really like how slimy the dog got. I gotta say, um, did not enjoy. I really, can't, I can't, I can't watch uh, children in peril anymore. Just as a general, as a father, you can't yeah. get into I, that it's whole like a, It started pretty early where 
uh, I just oh, it doesn't matter how bad the movie it is. Doesn't matter how like minor it is. It just I'm at that point now where I just can't do it. So That's I actually I maybe was more affected by this film only because sure because that kid is like, there. And uh, <laughs> like I need this is a terrible movie. I don't care about it. I'm doing something else while I'm watching it, but I need to watch this kid get through this. Like yeah. I need to this not to. And in the book, he doesn't. Oh, interesting. Um, and it 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 he had just dies movie. from heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah. he dies from dehydration. Like she doesn't get him in, out in time. And then um, and then what? That's the end and of the then book. They just like there's an epilogue. Because then who cares? They, yeah. It should be also noted. This is one of the one of the books he does not remember writing. Oh sure, um, it was like this: the Tommy Knockers and something else, where he was so he was in a cocaine fugue state. Completely, yeah. Like he just does, he's like, I like the good parts of that book. I wish I could remember writing them. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I have no memory of it whatsoever. Wow. Um, and so it, it, it definitely is. I think you know, like the whole book is about. Uh, a family that's in trouble and the dad is absent. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely working through something there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I like terrible movie. I'm doing something else, but I have to like, I, I hadn't thought about it before putting the movie on, but then I mm-hmm. became terrified during the movie that it's like, Oh no, this kid's going to die. And I'm going <laughs> to, I just, I can't, I'm not looking forward to rewatching pet cemetery. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I've never seen that one. Is a kid imperiled in that one? Oh God. <laughs> um, my dad read that book when I was uh, like one or two or a very small child. And he's like, it was the worst possible time to read that book. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, don't do it. No. Um, so there was that um, of just, I think I was maybe a little bit more affected by the movie because of that. Uh, and then in terms of Stephen King ticks and, and, and uh, runners, mm-hmm. um, no psychics in this movie. No. But this one but, felt like not Stephen King <laughs> so, to me. To me, that's one of the things where even though they kept in all the like domestic drama stuff, yeah. they cut out the little. Okay, so the kid's obsessed with monsters in his closet, and oh, the dad right. has these completely words forgot about that to make the monsters go away. Right, that's like this plot line thing. And and they use it just as like oh we you know he's going to use these words he holds on to these words as like this totem when he's confronted with Cujo yeah and and, and that's what it is and in the book too it doesn't matter <laughs> but in the book yeah. there is legit a monster in his closet oh see that would have made this better it's a ghost that okay. comes out and like makes fun of him and like it, it says nasty things to him. Because only he can see him. Wow, okay. So, in the book, there is a psychic kid who can see a ghost <laughs> who's a dick to the kid because he can see him. That's amazing. Uh, Why would you take that out of the movie? play into anything else. It's just, this, it, it's just part of the, like, Stephen King, uh, you know, haunted main tapestry yeah. that he just puts in this, there. This goes back to what we were saying. from another book, but I can't remember who it is. Two days ago or something about uh about toby hooper being willing to leave in the the sort of weird because it's part of his aesthetic too to be like the world is bigger than you understand right like yeah, these guys yeah, these clearly were things. like oh this is too disjointed uh this ghost doesn't save them from the dog so who cares 
Yeah, but let's, let's have at least here. 15 to 20 minutes total screen time for the fucking ad campaign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, when we were talking about Toby Hooper and that house, it was all I could do to uh, keep from talking about uh, that bit uh, in the book. Mm-hmm. And I, and then when I watched the movie and it wasn't there, I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> Yeah, that's such a disappointment. Uh, that's I. If I were making this movie, I would leave that ghost in and cut the dad out and cut out yeah, the right? affair. I don't care about any of that. The dad's whole role in this movie is to be absent. Um, yeah. So let's just commit to that, right? Let's just get rid of him. Uh, there were all it, of these scenes I'm, I'm where I was you like, a remake, Jason. Yeah. No, there were just all of these scenes where it's like, if if you had hired a better actor and could get something out of them, like yeah. This could have been something. But. That also, setting it in a world where there is a, a ghost who's just kind of a dick, also lets you be in a world where I think, uh, as an audience member, I'm I'm more willing to take the jump to like, oh, this dog is in some kind of uh, s- surreal ghost space. Or like, it, it makes sense that it can be murdering a man in a barn and still threatening. You know what I mean? Like, I think you could... Yeah. You could then push the dog into a slightly more surreal monster space. Yeah, because, I mean, that was one of the... It's not a great book. Uh, d- don't sure. get me wrong. But, but it, that doesn't it mean it couldn't be the, a great movie. Right. Well, but and, and one of the interesting things about the book, or one of, the, one of just the odd things about it, is that it takes this thing mm-hmm. that is completely mundane. Yeah. Or not, I mean, it's out of the ordinary, but it's, it's, it's completely... But, like, rabbit dogs are normal. Yeah, like they happen. It, it belongs to the physical world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a thing that is scary, but also you can deal with it. Yeah. Um, but it, it does transform it into this sort of huge malevolence. Yeah. That, at least when I read the book, and then, you know, granted I was younger, but it did work. Uh, in the movie, it doesn't work because you just, they don't know how to commit to it. Like I said, the closest they get is that, like, spooky woods with the kid walking out there and it just doesn't you know Mm -hmm. it doesn't work (laughs) jason can i ask you a question as a father uh Uh, i want you to answer as a father i'm not asking as a father right yeah um if you were trapped in a car and there was a big angry dog uh, and your child was with you this question's already making me want to cry but continue (laughs) how long do you wait before you wrap your sweater around your forearm so you can put it in the dog's mouth and go get that bat and beat it to death. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> my guess is like three hours. Not three days. Yeah, okay. All right. uh, but again, a real dog will get tired or yeah. go away. But, but also, Jason, uh, if, you're, if you're adapting this into a film, why not make it a film that happens over three hours? Why does it have to be three days? You know, like the the kid has to pee. The kid's dehydrated. It's super hot outside. Uh, there, there's a bee in the car. You know, there's like there's a thousand ways. Some of those are from the movie. Some of them are not. But there's a, a thousand ways to ramp up a three hour stuck in a car with a small child with a dog outside. It doesn't have to oh, be. Oh, absolutely days. no. If you're just thinking about it as like a cinematic exercise, there's so many different ways you can go about it. Yeah. Um, and then that's what I'm talking. Like in the book, you kind of buy the three days because he's done. Because it's usually he's like done the work internally sure. to all the characters, including the dog, to right. make this all feel inevitable. Whereas mm-hmm. in the movie, it just feels inevitable because that's what's written in the script. Like it just feels, you know, it, it, yeah. it feels much more contrived. Yeah. Um, no, it's uh, it, it it it's a bad movie. It's the beginning of the end. Yeah. We yeah. Have, 
We we have three plus weeks to go. It's been so strong until today, Jason. So strong. It was Teague. <laughs> um, all right, this has been <laughs> Hell to the King, Rabid Dog Edition. Uh, it's too bad it wasn't a rapid dog. Then it could have been a six-minute movie. Also, it's really an object lesson in uh, owning shitty cars that need constant repair. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> hey, ma'am, I've never been murdered by a dog because of it. <laughs> yet. Not yet. But as we've learned, I would fight that dog. I also carry a pocket knife. <laughs> you pocket knife can't kill no Cujo? Sure it could. I also, I legitimately, partway through the movie, was like, oh, this, <laughs> this is making me... Uh, think that everyone should have a pistol in their glove compartment. <laughs> we should all move I'm, out to Texas, where I live. And honestly, if you heat. live in a place that rural, if you, yeah. if you may end up, you know, miles from town where animals might be, yeah, that's when gun ownership starts to seem more reasonable. Yeah, you're to keep a gun in that car. <laughs> as, my, as my playwriting professor used to say, if you live where a bear might come to your door, you should <laughs> probably own a gun. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard that story about Brian Blessed punching a polar bear in the nose? What? No. You should look it up because he would obviously tell it better than I would because he sounds like Brian Blessed. But yeah, he like was on a expedition where he th- there were like polar bears poking around where he and some people were. He he was like with some you know professional dudes. I don't know. And <laughs> they were like, oh, if that polar bear comes around here again, we're gonna have to shoot it. And so it, like, he woke up in the middle of the night and it was poking its nose into their tent or whatever. So he just jumped up and yelled and punched it in the face <laughs> so that it would leave so they wouldn't shoot it. That's how you got to handle these Cujos, man. Yeah. Yeah. You just scream and punch them in the shade. Also, you have to be nine feet tall and have a beard that goes down to your belly. That's how you defeat a Cujo is by being Brian Blessed. Because we have to make new movie rules. So, the, you know, we know how to defeat a Dracula. We know how to defeat yeah. a werewolf. How do you defeat a Cujo? It's true. They don't really explore that in the movie. Yeah. What are the rules? Uh, you have to have a deputy's pistol, but be pure of heart. Or, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, how terribly sh- staged the whole killing the deputy thing was. Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous. Oh, Jason. no, I have. Oof, good, excuse me, sir. I've dropped my pistol. <laughs> Boop, boop, boops. Was, yeah. <sighs> This is this is what I think think of when I think of Stephen King movies. Well, yeah. See, now I know why you think they're all bad. This kind of thing. So, um, but I'm still very excited to do the rest of these. Yeah. yeah. No. I'm, me too. Uh, let's let's put this dog down. <laughs> is a special presentation of the Synesthesia Podcast, produced by Iguana Donald Studios, and distributed by Split Tooth Media. Music by Loyalty Freak. Hell to the King is recorded wherever we damn well please. Stop hassling me. You're not my mother. Well, you're not my real mother.
specifically an imaginative giant child bird. Cujo. Cujo. <laughs>